saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Hey everyone and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Wednesday, November 22nd and I'm Jim Chapman. Woody Everton and Mike Agavino have the week off. From time to time, like the week before Thanksgiving or the week before Christmas, we're going to present a few of our most listened to stories on Real Life Real Crime Daily from earlier in the year. This way, you don't have to be without us while you're home with a few days off or while you're cooking up those holiday meals. We hope you enjoy today's Best of the Beginning episode in which we replay some of the best, most talked about news stories from when we first launched Real Life Real Crime Daily. In our first story, we're going to tell you about a first grade student in Norfolk, Virginia, who brings a gun to school and shoots his teacher. This story is the first of multiple stories we would do on this case. We would find out shortly after this episode released that the gun did come from the child's home. And most recently, we learned that the mother was convicted on multiple charges. The teacher will recover from her wound and file suit against the school district. Here's what that story sounded like back on January 11th of this year. Today's lead story, an unbelievable story, but one that hasn't gotten that much coverage uh, across the country. So I think you may be hearing this for the first time. A six-year-old, a first-grade six-year-old in Norfolk, Virginia, walked into school with a pistol and shot his teacher earlier this week. And the average six-year-old weighs about 45 pounds. Woody, what does the average pistol weigh? Uh, two and a half, three pounds, easy. I, a small one. I don't know how he kept his, uh, his pants up walking. I mean, this is an unbelievable uh, uh, story. I, I looked in the, the youngest convicted uh, murder I could find on, uh, on, on record was a, was a, well, and I, the teacher did not die. So this is not a murder, but, uh, but was 13. Whoo. Hey y'all, you hear that? That's a sound I love. It's another sale for real life, real crime on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform that's revolutionized millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling homemade candles or personalized artwork or like me, Real Life Real Crime swag, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from in-person POS systems to all-in-one e-commerce platforms. It even lets you sell on social media marketplaces like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Shopify is packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you total control over your business and brand without you having to learn any new skills in design or code. Look, y'all, when I started Real Life Real Crime, it was just an old cop telling the stories, and I had no idea that my fans that I call lifers would want merchandise or swag, and I was ignorant to anything having to do with e-commerce. 
in the transactions at that ball. Thank goodness I found Shopify, who took over and helped my business explode in ways I couldn't have dreamed of. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash R-L-R-C, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-L-R-C now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash R-L-R-C. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas. And what better way to get into the holiday spirit than with a Minky Couture blanket? Whether you're gathered around the tree with loved ones, roasting marshmallows by the fire, or just looking for a cozy way to stay warm on a chilly night, Minky blankets are the perfect addition to your Christmas festivities. With a wide range of festive designs and colors, you can find the perfect blanket to match your holiday decor or gift to your loved ones. So this Christmas, make your holiday even cozier with a Minky Couture blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket, just in time for the holiday. Happy holidays from Mickey Couture. 15 years old. I'm six yeah. years old. They won't even charge them. And say Louisiana, they won't charge you with a crime if you're under 11. They, they'll do special circumstances, et cetera. But the, the – go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the, the issue for me with this is on many levels, all right? We don't know if he had it in his waistband or his backpack or whatever, but we don't know if he rode the bus to school or if his parents dropped him off. But how in the hell does a six-year-old get possession of a firearm and then have the mental intent to go to school and shoot the teacher? It wasn't an accidental shooting. They said right. he shot her on purpose. Right, and I think that's key to this story is that it was not an accidental shooting. This was not a situation uh, where a six-year-old went to school with a gun and he pulled it out to show his friend and the gun went off. Not only is it a major issue that the six-year-old had a gun to start with, but that he had the mental capacity to deal with his issue by shooting the teacher. It is... Unlike anything I've ever seen, uh, I don't ever recall a time I've seen accidental shootings with young people of that age where they've got their daddy's gun out of a nightstand and pulled it out and it went off and they shot their sister or something all tragic. But I've never seen at least and I'm sure they exist, but I've never seen a situation where this happened during an altercation and the student actually pulls out a gun and shoots the teacher what a tragedy, but my question would be, uh, number one, you obviously hold the parents responsible for this uh, incident. A six-year-old, number one, can't go in a store and buy a gun. You have to you have to be able to get it now. I would be curious to see what, if the parents have issued a statement as of yet on this or anything – of that nature. You better believe the parents are getting charged uh, with something. And I hate, I absolutely hate the story. I hate it for the six-year-old, I hate it for the teacher, but I also hate what's, you know, what's going to come out of left field about gun control and everything else yeah. and, and all that bu- bullshit that's coming. Let me tell you something. My house is full of firearms, always has been, and I can guarantee you I train my kids at that age and older. Every firearm is loaded. Don't ever point it at something you don't intend to kill, and you don't need a safety. Your safety is your finger, right? The weapon will not fire if you don't pull the trigger. But the so 
these parents, I don't get it. Uh, um, I mean, I, I, I raised mine the way I raised them, and I'll raise my grandkids the same way or whatever. That I don't understand how a six-year-old – I. My kids going to school, if my wife didn't hug them or do whatever, pack their lunch and pack their backpack, how in the hell does a kid get a firearm, a six-year-old get a firearm from your shit and go kill someone? Now, I I, I understand people say put the locks on the guns and all that. Some states, they have laws about that shit, and I get that. Mine, I, I, I did mine through education on my kids. I don't know how the kid gets from their home, taking a weapon, a firearm, to school and to the point of I'm killing my teacher. And we do want to mention, uh, because we're assuming he got this at home. Yeah, I mean. Could have got it from another student. Could have got it uh, uh, from his home, or it could have been something that – an older brother yeah, had that yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot not to this article, right. uh, specific to where the gun came from. They are investigating that now, but if you assume he got this from home, it is a major problem. Yeah. You know what? I shouldn't assume that, but I'm also not ignorant enough to think that he, he went on the corner and popped out 400 bucks and got a pistol. <laughs> uh, uh, after he got off the school bus or his parents dropped him off at the curb at, at the elementary school. Well, and, and one of the first questions the police chief uh, answered or one of the first statements the police chief made was, I want to know where the firearm came from. Yeah. Well, we all want to know that. Right. Uh, that was made by Chief Drew of I, the Newport News Police Department. I what kind of world we're living in when a six-year-old shoots their teacher. And my wife was a teacher, uh, a fifth grade teacher, retired now. I don't understand. I, I kind of understand maybe a little bit better if the kid was older uh, um, or a teenager or something. Shit. You can't even blame this on video games or whatever this time. I mean, I know we're desensitized to, to murder and, and all that stuff. Uh, um, it's the movies and everything now are like they were when I was a kid, but – I don't understand. I cannot get my head around this one. Well, and it's, it starts with something that's pretty hard to understand, which is how does a six-year-old get into an altercation right. with a teacher? You're six. Right. Yeah. Well, wait, they, well let's, let's talk about that. Took, alter- took his crayons away. The altercation being the, the evidently the six-year-old had a beef with his teacher, and he he gets a gun from wherever and comes to – isn't it like – he just had the altercation that that minute, and he ran out and bought a gun and came back and shot her. It, I think that it had to happen at least the day before or several days before, and he shows up and shoots her. Now, Superintendent uh, George Parker, not surprising to me, came out and called for better gun safety measures. Yeah, well, I mean, so, what? Let me ask you, Woody. Woody, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, is gun safety part of the problem? In this well, case, the, I would say absolutely yes, but not for the reasons this guy's saying it. And, and I believe that uh, training in harping it like I did in my kids, you know, every weapon. Yeah, I used to say uh, it's always the unloaded weapons that kill on these accidental shootings and stuff. Like, oh, I didn't know it was loaded. I thought it wasn't loaded. But the train them. Train them up, train them young or whatever. But you know what? A lot keeps an honest man honest. And if you take away the guns, 
looking China and everywhere else that you know they'll kill you with a knife if they want really want to kill you. I mean, this kid, if he couldn't have got, he had the red ass about so much at six years old that he was going to kill his teacher. If he couldn't have got a firearm, he might have tried to stab her. I mean, yeah, and and certainly gun safety measures from the aspect of if you own firearms, you keep them locked up or you keep them, uh, you know, tr- put trigger guards on them or whatever. It would certainly help keep a six-year-old from grabbing it and taking it to school if that's indeed what happened. But, you know, you mentioned something earlier in this conversation, and that was uh, the education of guns. And I'll give you a situation of how I grew up and how I, I, you know, I also have guns, and I've pulled those guns out and showed them to my kids and said, hey, look, this is a gun. If you're ever curious and you want to see this gun, Tell me and I'll pull it out and I'll show it to you and I'll explain to you how it works and all those sort of things. But don't ever go looking for this gun when I'm not home. And uh, I I have them had to have them locked up except for at night when I'm asleep and and then they're in an undisclosed location. But um, I think education is very important to our children. I think some people hesitate to pull a gun out and discuss what it is with their kids, even when they own them, because it's kind of a taboo thing to do. They're worried the kid's going to then see the gun and go want to operate it. I think it's the other way around. Different views, opposing views. I was raised on guns. Uh, my dad never locked the firearms up, but let me go back. <clears throat> my sad I taught my kids about it, and, 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 you know, every gun's loaded or every weapon's loaded. Don't point and shoot. My ki- kids, when they were kids, I had them, and you better believe, even my youngest son, it was just a couple months ago, I had my buddy from BRPD, who's a firearm instructor, used to be my SWAT team commander, take him around the building and teach him how to use the pistol and fire it. And guess what? The firing is a big part because it makes it for real for you when you stand there crying, you shake them because you're thinking this thing's going to go off. And I remember the first time I ever fired a shotgun, I was probably – Seven, eight years old, my daddy went through the safety part with it and a shot a stump, and I fell down, and I cried like a little bitch, right? But you know what? It gave me a respect for firearms. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the one on the other. I'm going to know and catch some shit about this. I have closets full of weapons on top of my uh, gun racks that are freestanding and open, and none of my shit's locked in. Every one of them's loaded. But my kids are now all grown except for one. No, and my wife knows, and everybody that comes over, I said, don't touch them. And six year old, I don't get it. So, yeah, well, uh, you know, obviously, they this shit's going to happen, but this shouldn't happen. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. 
Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's been 10 months since we first reported on the disappearance of Anna Walsh and her body has still not been found. In this story, from back on January 20th, 2023, we explore the significant amount of circumstantial evidence that piled up indicating that Brian Walsh killed his wife and disposed of her body. Walsh is awaiting trial in Massachusetts. Here's our story from back on January 13th. 2023. Let's move on to a story that's getting a ton of coverage, and uh, it's probably the top trending story in the uh, in the country right now, which is the disappearance. I guess we still must call it a disappearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disappearance of a Boston woman, um, Anna Walsh, and uh, uh, 
the erratic behavior, shall we say, of her husband, Brian Walsh, following her disappearance and maybe even a little bit before her disappearance. Uh, he has told people, Brian Walsh, 47, uh, living in the suburbs of Boston, that he last saw his wife on January 1st when she was supposedly headed to uh, Logan Airport to take a flight to Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, she never arrived at uh, uh, her work location in D.C., and uh, the investigation started at that point. Anything to interject there, guys? First of all, I think it's important to paint a picture of her husband, Brian Walsh, who is obviously – and Woody, I'll turn to you and just ask you this question real quick. And uh, someone goes disappearing, and you and his investigator get the call. Who's the first person you look at? Uh, the husband or the spouse or significant other. Yeah, and and I would imagine you just your job is to rule them out. Well, yeah, or you have to start not. with them because you have to get get any information about the missing person from them, right? Yeah, and that's usually when I would use my spidey senses and bullshit meter and whatever. But you got to work it. Yeah, so Brian Walsh was not uh, what I would call a model citizen. Uh, In 2018, he was indicted on federal charges for selling fake Andy Warhol paintings on eBay. Nice. And uh, so that, that, you know, this all goes to his character. A little while after that, he took some painting paintings from a friend of his to sell on eBay, basically sold them and never gave the guy the money. I doubt they're still friends. So I I think the first thing you do is you kind of dig into someone's background and, and get try to get a, a good judgment on their character and who they are and well not only that, they would have they would have dug into their um marriage and their financial background and everything else. They have any financial problems and have they taken out any life insurance policies recently, everything is just all part of the investigation. And what has come out in the last 24 hours is that they began, so they, they had numerous real estate holdings. They began liquidating those holdings. So it, the the picture is starting to, uh, you know, really develop that they were in some kind of financial trouble. It hasn't completely crystallized the extent of which, that was the case, but if you're liquidating all of your uh, all of your real estate holdings, you're something's probably, going. Probably got to pay that guy back for his uh, payments he never gave the money for. Exactly, yeah. and there was a lot of stress uh, also involved in that. In 2021, uh, Brian Walsh pled guilty uh, in a plea deal on that artwork uh, theft. So he was uh, he had some fraud issues there and plea plea bargained uh plea bargained out of that where he didn't have to be incarcerated but that's a that now you're putting stress on your marriage you're dealing with some criminal charges uh you're selling real estate holdings which leads me to believe that you have some financial stress going on there as well well he, ha- he has to pay for uh, uh for the artwork so that would have to come yeah. from somewhere restitution lawyer probably that's right so in december 31st uh that's when kind of this story takes place uh brian walsh in his statement to police told them he and his wife hosted a dinner for for uh new year's eve they had a friend over and they all kind of hung out watched the ball drop as we all do and he goes to bed 
shortly after the friend left with his wife. Now, here's where it gets interesting, and this is, this is I want everybody to understand, this is Brian Walsh's uh, statement of events, I guess you could say. He, they went to bed, his wife, all of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, on December 31st, turns to her husband and says, oh, now, I got a work emergency. Now January 1st. Now January first, I've got a, a work emergency and I need to fly to Washington for my job tomorrow morning. Okay, so they're going to bed after watching the ball drop, and right before they go to sleep, she mentions this. I find that very hard to believe. Uh, remember the time in here? It's New Year's Eve. It's nighttime. None of this is mentioned until uh, you know whatever whatever time in the morning, at least midnight that she turns to him and says, I got to go to Washington. I've got an emergency and I got to fly out tomorrow morning, which is January 1st. One of the busiest probably travel days of the year. Well, that would, that would easily be uh, refuted or confirmed by her work. That's correct. And that get, we get into that in just a minute. And, uh, Prisons are full of dummies. Yeah. So she gets, she gets, you know, she gets, ready and kisses him by tells him go back to sleep when she wakes up the next morning and leaves between 6 and 7 a.m to supposedly go on this flight for her job he leaves home about 3 p.m and he goes to get groceries now this is all in his statement because they're you know what he i would imagine you sit him down and you you're asking what what did you do you want to lock him into the original statement then you want to try to to prove or disprove elements of that statement. Yeah. So he's given him this statement and he says, uh, after he went grocery shopping at 3 PM, he goes to his mom's house. He arrives there about four and that's about an hour drive from his home, but he leaves his cell phone. He doesn't have that with him and he gets lost making the trip longer than usual. So there's some unaccounted time there that the police were hounding him on. And they're like, well, you know, where were you? What, why did you not get there? It's about an hour away, but the, the timeline's not matching up here. And he said, well, I lost, you know, I didn't bring my cell phone. That's key number one. Who doesn't bring their cell phone anywhere anymore? I, I didn't bring my cell phone, and I got lost on the way to Mama's house. He must not go see Mama very much. Apparently not. And so that's how he explained that away. He said he left his mom's home about 15 minutes after getting there. So it's an hour away. You get there, you spend 15 minutes. And he said then he had to go run errands for her, pick up some medicine and stuff like that from CVS and Whole Foods to get some food. And he got home about 8 p.m. that night. Now, that was January 1st. That was the day she supposedly went on her trip and the last time anybody ever saw her. Good thing he worked in that quality visit to mom's house. Maybe so. <laughs> he had to get some uh, well, black, and that, black eyed peas and cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, it, it's a key part to this story as as we go along. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so January 2nd rolls around, and here's where it gets even more interesting. Anna Walsh's cell phone is pinged in the area of their home. Now, when police dug into that, come to find out, it also pinged on January 1st. But she's supposedly in Washington, right? So... That was something that raised some eyebrows. Now, Brian Walsh that day goes to a Home Depot, and this is really key. 
He's got a surgical mask on and gloves, and we're not in the middle of COVID. Everybody keep that in mind. This is not, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. Well, they're pretty liberal up in Massachusetts. They may still be wearing masks up there. But what about gloves? You know, I mean, come on. Well, it might have been cold. Okay, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. So he makes, he gets $450, y'all, in cleaning supplies, mops, buckets, tarps, tape, $450 worth, and he pays for it with cash. Yeah. Who pays with cash anymore when they go to McDonald's, much less $450 of cleaning supplies? You know how many cleaning supplies it is? I don't because I've never bought four hundred fifty dollars right. worth. I don't think I bought, but that it's a lot in my entire. Oh, life. stocking up on tarps is important this time yeah. of year. Yeah. Everybody yeah. should do that. Make and, sure and if you don't have any tarps in your house, mops. you need to stock yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So if if that old radar you got in your in your brain right now ain't pointing upward, this is going to make you point upward. So January fourth. Anna Walsh's workplace. Remember the workplace she was supposed to be traveling for? Well, she worked for a real estate company. They called police and they said, uh, Anna didn't show up for work today and we're a little bit concerned. Now, obviously, if your workplace calls the police, you're someone that doesn't miss work. That's very out of character for her. So they call the police and, uh, and the police go to the home to make what they call a well-being check. And and what do you, is that a common thing that y'all would do is these well-being yeah, checks? Welfare checks every day. Somebody, um, you know, whether it's a work or a family member from out of state that hadn't heard from somebody in however many days, and they normally talk on those days. And, yeah, that's a common thing. Yeah, they take them very serious, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you never know what you're going to get. Most 99% of them are bullshit, but uh, – Every once in a while, you get that one percent where, you know, yeah, it's yeah, on, it's on, yeah. So they go make a well-being check, and uh, and they talk to Brian Walsh, and everything I just told you. He can kind of compile the timeline, and they sat down, and that's what he said as to his whereabouts. So January fourth comes and goes. January fifth, uh, I imagine one of the questions. Whoever uniform patrol goes to make the welfare check, right? And they would have been like, "Oh, this is bullshit." Call the detectives. They tell the detectives. Detectives come. You say, "Hey, why don't you come in and let's just, you know, obviously your wife is missing, and how, how coming was the last time you talked to her and blah blah blah." And and then they built the case scenario. But go ahead. Absolutely. So you know, January fifth comes around and the police. They're concerned, and so they go ahead and they announce that she's missing, and they announce that it was shortly after midnight on New Year's Day that anyone uh, had seen her, and of course, the last person to see her was Brian Walsh, her husband. Uh, and then January sixth, they decide they're going to launch a massive search. Now that included canine officers, search and rescue teams, and they lived in an area that was wooded. So you know it wasn't the easiest search in the world. They had to have several teams do that, and that's that's what they did. They searched for her, and in the meantime, this is really interesting. Six investigators are tasked with basically watching surveillance video of everywhere that Brian Walsh said he was. And all they're doing here is, I'm sure like all of you probably have right now when it, when we've read you this timeline, but everybody's like, hmm, 
Steve don't seem right. Something seems off here. It's not adding up. Well, they got the same suspicion. They watched the surveillance video, and guess what? They don't see him on any video on Whole Foods or CVS on January 1st, as he had told them. Lie number one busted. So what do you say something a lot, and that is, what doesn't ever change? The truth. The truth never changes. So um, he's already going to have to explain that one away. But that was enough. That was enough for them. They realized, uh, okay, boom, we got him dead to rights. He lied to us. And on January 8th, they arrest him and charge him with misleading a police investigation. Uh, Absolutely the correct thing to do. They gave him enough rope to hang himself. He's obviously no criminal mastermind. Um, at some point, you have when you have enough that you believe it's him, you have to in effect arrest. And I've done it a lot of times, y'all. Like Screwdriver Red, I arrested him for obstruction. In we had no body or anything else, but they arrest him. One of the reasons you arrest him is you figure if you put those shiny bracelets on, they might be more apt to talk and or change facets of their stories that they know they've screwed up on. The other thing is, when you do that, um, you'll get people to come out of the woodwork and tell you information about this character. Yeah, so they arrest him. He gets a reigning court, and as is common in every case in the world, he pleads not guilty. You never plead guilty on an arraignment, right? And you know, uh, so investigators uh, they start looking, and they have a they're kind of in a pickle here because they don't have a body. They, they don't at this time have any uh, uh, smoking gun evidence, but they start questioning a lot of events that Wall said take place because her car is still at the house, but they can't find any evidence of her leaving the house with a Uber or with a rideshare company of any sort. So they get a search warrant, they search the house, and they find Blood and a bloody knife in the basement. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, Why do you have a bloody knife and blood in your basement? I mean, I don't think we all need to be Woody Overton's to figure that one out, right? right. So the judge sets the bail at $500,000 cash. And and the next hearing set for February 9th on that. Yeah. particular case. But. Is that because the judge knows Walsh deals only in cash? It <laughs> <laughs> could be. Yeah, he, he, he don't use debit cards. Yeah. He swore off credit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Whatever the prediction is, he killed her wherever he killed her, took her to the basement and uh, practiced home carving, if you will, cut her up, dismembered her, used tarps, and they'll find her somewhere. Uh, if you watch Yellowstone, they'll find her at the train station. <laughs> And let me ask you this, Woody. Let me ask you this. This is uh, not some, making light of it. I feel for her, but fuck him. So, even though all the evidence or all the timeline I just read to you, if you if it is not screaming this dude did it, I don't know what will. But all of that being said, how important is it from an investigator standpoint to have a body and uh, an evidentiary standpoint? The, the that's a really great question. It goes back to the old joke about what, what was that lawyer um, in the wheelchair? Ironside. Ironside. 
did the um, is doing his closing arguments or, or calling a witness. Uh, the the body was missing of, of the spouse, right? And he said uh, when he went to call his next witness, he called the victim's name, the, the spouse, same whatever's Mary Jane, and I'll call the next witness Mary Jane Jackson. And everybody's like freaked out, and everybody looks at back, back to the door for the door open. Everybody looked except for the accused. He looked straight ahead because he knew that bitch wasn't showing up. Yeah, right. Um, but they've gotten away with it. It used to be they didn't wouldn't prosecute without a body. Now they will. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, but they're gonna find her. Um, they're gonna find whether the seasons are gonna change and people are gonna get back out in the woods or whatever. He went somewhere known to him. Not far away, maybe somewhere in between his mother's house, uh, wherever. Maybe he went the other direction. It doesn't matter. Somebody's mm. going to find her. They're going to find her remains, and they're going to tie him in. The one, one, what I should have said earlier is what I want to say before I forgot was um, them arresting him on the obstruction or whatever they call it. At some point, you have to do that to try to get more information out of him and confront him on everything that you have. But it also becomes a public safety concern if, if you truly do believe. He killed his wife, and you leave him out on bond, then he kills somebody else. You're responsible. Right. And uh, last thing I'll say on this, but we pretty much covered, you know, up to the present time. But you mentioned maybe somewhere in between his mom's house and his house, and it's it's strange you mentioned that because you're absolutely right. The police were looking for connection. They they think some something was strange about when he went to Mama's house because he was only there fifteen minutes. He claimed he ran these errands that he didn't run. Did they ask Mom? Did he ever show up? He, he was there for fifteen minutes, but the problem was he told them he went to CVS and Whole Foods after, and he's not on any videos. So where the, was he? The, re- the reason I'm asking that, and I wonder if his child, if his childhood home, because. The bad guys, when they get away with it or getting away with it, always, or, or if they're on the run, always, 99.9% of the time, return to an area that's safe to them, that they know. And certainly, if, if I'm going to dump a body and I grew up in that house and I knew, you know, the canyon in the backyard he's playing, whatever, he, he dumped that body somewhere it's known to him. Well, he had and- time enough to think about it. Uh, if he had time enough to, to cut her up, in the basement and, and wrap her in tarps, he had time enough to think, mm, I used to go deer hunting here, and I know there's a thicket, da 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 Yeah, and they did search a dump site, I guess, where yeah. they dump trash and stuff around his mother's house, yeah. and they found a hacksaw blade with some blood on it and some blood in the area. Now, no body, so but they, um, they come awfully coincidental. It, they come back, and it's hard. No such thing as coincidence. And if they come back... And it's her DNA on it. That I'm sure they'll prosecute him with, with the murder. With a you know, it, a certain amount of blood is uh, only a certain amount of blood is in your body. And uh, you know, you got blood in the basement. You got blood in the woods. And both DNAs come back to be hers. He puts himself in the area, going to mom's house for cornbread and cabbage and black eyed peas, whatever. Stays 15 minutes. That's they, they're, they're going to do his ass. Yeah, we'll I think be picturing them on a dumbass criminal episode of Bloody Angola. One hundred percent, and <laughs> and I think that the fact that he lied about that particular time and that particular day to me, if I were an investigator, I would say, well, there's the time and the day, because that's 
where he lied. And so he's lying for a reason. And the reason is he was hiding a body in my humble opinion. Yeah, there are a couple other circumstantial things. Uh, We talked about them uh, liquidating assets. So they had had tenants in one of uh, the uh, uh, condos that they owned. And three days before Anna went missing, she and Brian told their tenants that they were – uh, that they were going to sell their rental property um, out from under them because these guys were were living. I bet in you, the, uh, I bet you, it was only Brian that told them that. Um, I bet you, Anna didn't know. Well, the uh, the renter Mike Silva told uh, CBS Boston that uh, it felt like a personal betrayal after he had been uh, led to believe they'd eventually sell the apartments. Um, to him and his fiance, so they when they rented them, yeah. were under the impression they were going to be able to not uh, to buy the, them. Not outside the frauds. Okay, so the, it, yeah, he had no integrity. Um, so they got into a heated argument about this, and you know they were considered close friends prior to that. So after cooling off, uh, this guy Silva sent Brian a text wishing him a happy new year. He received a reply on January second. It said, "Happy New Year." Sorry for the delay. I misplaced my phone and my son just found it. There was no mention of the fact that his wife was missing. So, right, right. Uh, so he, uh, he left out. Uh, sorry, I uh, um, haven't been responding because my wife's missing. Yeah, so he, he left out that, uh, uh, that, that little piece, um, which seems like it would be pretty important. One other thing is that Anna tried calling friends and family on the night she vanished. So uh, she tried to reach her mother, sister, and her maid of honor who lives in Serbia around midnight on New Year's Eve and again at 1 a.m., according to her mom. Okay, so the family members were asleep at the time. So while Ms. Walsh's friend was at a New Year's Eve party and the one, the, one of the other ones was at a New Year's Eve party and didn't hear the phone. So that's a weird she, time to be reached. Well, I guess she could be, not really. could be I mean, wishing but, Happy New but Year. But it could also yeah, be. I, I think that's be, what that was about. We got turned and he put his hands on me. And, hey, I'm, I'm t- calling you all to say I'm leaving him. And that's motive for murder. Could be. I, my personal feeling is um, my wife calls her mom on New Year's Eve at, at midnight. midnight. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it says Happy New Year. I mean, that still that, 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 still that happens, especially your sister or yeah. something. I mean, uh, I could see her getting ready for bed and hey, uh, let, me, know let me see what they did tonight. Make calls. sure they're home safe. Whatever. It, uh, if they missed the phone call, she, she should have called them on January one. Said Happy New Year's. <laughs> but you know what? She wasn't breathing. She'd be dead. Yeah. So, sorry for the family. Sorry for the victims. Yeah, very, very. And and I pray that her body is found and, and she gets a proper burial and all, yeah. all of those sort of things. And the person responsible gets justice. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. But, and, you know, I think the only reason this hasn't gotten more national attention is because of Idaho murders and other things like that. But when they find their bodies, you better believe. And it's trending pretty heavy right now. And and we'll bring it up to y'all. We'll keep you updated. Massachusetts doesn't have death penalty, do they? I don't think so. I don't don't know. There's 27 states left that do, and I don't think they're one. 
But you know what? It doesn't matter. He, I doubt it. Get lights. See, they 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 could have some really cool. They, they they wouldn't need a needle or anything. You could get so many great white sharks out there in the water yeah, right. over there. You could just take that guy, well, yeah. put a few cuts in him, and just dip him in the that would be a really in the cool water there to out toward Nantucket, and just. I, I think even cooler would be taking him back to his house, take him in the basin, and let a jury of his peers cut him up with a knife and put him in a tarp. <laughs> take him take him to Home Depot first. One that way, that one. that tarp doesn't go to waste either, because yeah. I mean, he spent good cash on right. that. On no, that I tarp. think the tarp would be cheaper than lethal injection or the pills on the death penalty process. I'd imagine in a lot quicker. Hey, we certainly have no direct knowledge that he did it, but fuck him if he did. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash R-L-R-C. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. 
For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Most of you are familiar by now with the All Woody team, a designation we reserve for those few criminals that are truly in a league of their own. This episode from January 20th, 2023, marked the creation of the All Woody team with the induction of this 24-year-old maniacal meth head who brutally dismembered her sex partner in what can only be described as epic fashion. Here's what that sounded like. We've taken a certain liking or a certain interest in uh, a story we've been following about a woman by the name of Taylor Shabiznis up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Urban legend. Urban legend. She will be. Well, Shabiznis's lawyer says that she's shakrazy. Tell tell about the crime. We're going to update you on the, on the crime, but, uh, I first wanted to ask Woody, do you remember the uh, the all Madden team they had in the NFL? It's like all yeah, pro, yeah. but Matt John Madden used right. to do it, and, right. and he would nominate his guys for right. all these crazy reasons. Right. So I think we need an all Woody team. Yeah, well, Shabiznis is definitely. I think boy. we. I think we need an all Woody team, and I, I would nominate Shabiznis yeah. as the first. If somebody comes along, I second that. And, I mean, Coburg could be uh, on there also, but Shabiznis is just different. Well, yeah, Kohlberger is. is horrible. It's all horrible, but I mean, you change your last name to Shabiznis. Well, and remember, Miss Shabiznis last year, earlier last year in Green Bay, Wisconsin, committed a gruesome murder of a gentleman by the name of Shad Therian. This was not her husband. This was someone she had a uh, a relationship with out of uh, sexual relationship, yes, a sexual relationship. And, uh, uh, Shad theory will not be having any other sexual relationships, yeah. uh, from here on as a result of that one, he lost his head. He lost multiple other body parts. Uh, other body parts were played with after his death in an attempt to arouse them and all kinds of other, Crazy things went on. In layman's terms, she blew him after he was dead and used sexual toys on him after she, after he was dead. Post-mortem. Post-mortem, yeah. Hence her all-woody nomination. Um, but just to refresh, uh, she is charged with first-degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, and third-degree sexual assault. She was supposed to stand trial on October 24th of 2022, but in September, uh, her lawyer argued, uh, uh, well, first, Ms. Shabiznis changed her plea. Her plea had been not guilty. She changed her plea to not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Mental disease or defect. Any thoughts about that, fellas? Well, I mean— I don't know what to say. About I, that. I'll tell you my thoughts on it. Y'all, <clears throat> I've seen this numerous times, this attempt to be used um, 
insanity plea, if you will, is basically what she's saying. Now, most of the insanity pleas are totally bullshit. Like, you know, the person obviously hides the body or, uh, you know, lies to the cops or whatever. You know, it's one thing if you, you know, kill someone and you plan it out ahead of time. That means you're sane, okay? The, the she business, I'm kind of on the fence by it because she left a head in a mop bucket where it could be found by the victim's mother. Then, once questioned about it, she said, oh, fuck, I left that. And then she goes on to confess. Uh, yeah, uh, you, I, I left the head. You're really going to have a hard time finding the rest of the body parts. And I blew him after I killed him. Went into detail how she killed him, that she was choking him out, and then she just kept on one and on. But then she had sex, oral sex with him, post-mortem. Then she used sexual toys on him, post-mortem, her words, not, my, not mine. To But the I think there's certainly a screw loose that um, the, you know, you can't use the, the, oh, I was high on drugs. That's not an insanity defense. If if you are truly insane, you don't try to cover anything up. I think that where they're going to get her on this is she actually cut the body up and obviously put some pieces somewhere. So that if she was truly insane, she would have done it and she'd have sat there naked waiting for somebody to find her because she's out of her mind. I also think she's a bit cray cray on the stuff that she did afterwards at 24 years old. So the right. the the, well, the insanity defense or the competency hearing, first of all, they're going to have that anyway. Uh, even if her, her lawyer hadn't asked for it, the the prosecution would have certainly said, oh, this is a first-degree murder case. We need to make sure she's competent to stand trial and can assist in her defense. Right. So, so based upon that change in her plea, they postponed her right. trial date Pending testing. Yeah, so they had a subsequent hearing where uh, basically they wanted to determine the mental co- uh, competency of Miss Shabiznis. And on on its face, you may think, well, obviously she's got to be crazy. I mean, this girl cut off body parts. She was uh, performing oral sex on a corpse. Uh, all of these sorts of things. They still do these competency uh, tests, and it's important to note that she was high on meth during this whole thing. I mean, uh, not defending her actions, but I, I doubt this was a common thing with her. What how, those whether those drugs had a weird effect? I mean, I think is apparent, but that obviously plays against her in the mental uh, comp- uh, competency yeah, here. It, it's her choice to use the drugs, hundred percent, right? Hundred percent. Um, so she was found competent to stand trial uh, uh, by a judge, and her attorney basically did not agree with that and filed another request for a mental competency uh, test. Yeah, you know, on these tests, they they'll send them to whatever. Like in Louisiana, it's the um, in the East Louisiana. Uh, hospital, if you will, for the criminally insane. Now, there's some people in there that that's they're going to die there. That's their prison. But 
anybody who gets tested gets sent to this facility in these shrinks and they run numerous tests. It's not just one test. They do all kinds of evaluations, et cetera. And they come back and they give their opinion They they can either, uh, assist in their, the main worry is if they're so crazy that they can't assist in their own defense. Right. And the, Naturally, they came back on she business and said, yeah, well, you know what? She did a lot of crazy shit, but it, she's not insane. Her attorney, Mr. Jolly, uh, the, they have some great name, last names for the she business and Jolly. Mr. Jolly basically uh, had a quote, and I'm not going to read you the whole quote because it's boring, but he basically said upon his discussions he had with his client, uh he had some con- concerns regarding her ability to understand the proceedings and assist in her own defense. He also uh, received some jail records, and that created some concerns for him. And her behavior in the courtroom created some concerns for him. So based upon that and the fact that she had been on suicide watch since August 31st of 2022, uh the concern warranted his request for another exam. Is there a limit to the number mm, of requests you can make? I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you can come back and, and request it again. If she does something else crazy, right. Uh, but that in so many of these cases, when they try to use insanity, plea they're going to go in in jail and, and strip naked on suicide watch and shit on themselves and i've i've actually seen this happen defecate and rub it all over themselves they're going to try to act crazy as fuck because you know you're about to get the death penalty if they have it in this case but the no i mean they're erring on the side of caution basically and of course the judge is not going to refuse refuse it. I'm sure she's done a bunch of crazy shit in jail and everything else. The um but I mean, give her let her have the test. And I would so imagine I, that they have you know, this is judge's discretion. They don't have to approve a second one, much less a third, fourth, fifth. I don't think there's a wall. The, that, the judge is afraid if they don't do it and it's a reasonable request because her courtroom annex and the shit she's done to jail, then they go to trial, they the judge is always looking at the appeal they get she gets found guilty they're going to appeal saying she was crazy you didn't give me a uh, my test request so they're going to give it to him but that, but that doesn't necessarily delay the trial yeah you can't go to trial until they you can the they results. can make their defense by if she's too crazy to help in her defense you got to have the test done and and then after the test done if it comes back says she's competent again the thing is that you still you lost that time in preparing your defense. So the trial is going to be delayed. Then the, the next court they have, that bitch is going to be delayed. Too. Well, and in this case, Judge Walsh did note that the defense could get another exam. However, she did note that it is not going to hold up the scheduled trial date. So she basically put their feet to the fire and said, you want to get another exam? That's fine. But, it, you know, this trial is going on on yeah. Unless this date, period. unless the second exam or their their exam comes back and they say she's crazy, but you go ahead and keep preparing because this can't be a delay tactic. So I get that, but you know, now she's uh, charged y'all with. Well, you already covered that. Yeah, 
Okay, so that, I mean, the charges are serious. It's going to be on appeal. I don't know um, if the state has the death penalty or not, but regardless, the judge is is going to grant that competency hearing because if they come back and they say she's not competent and they find her guilty of trial, then they're going to get it overturned on appeal, and you're wasting taxpayers' money, and it's your business will do her business. Well, there. so there is a new trial date scheduled for March 6th, right. 2023. And as the first nominee to the all Woody team, <laughs> I'm smelling the first real life, real crime daily road trip up to, right. up to green Bay. It's still a little cold in early yeah. March, isn't it? Look, I get yeah. a t-shirt in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's about 17 hour drive. I go up there turkey hunting. We uh, could even bring her well, a shirt. Maybe we, it says, welcome to the Woody, all Woody thing. We, we need actually need to go up there and cover this. Well, maybe we root for another delay that takes us into springtime. Oh, it's it's, it's going to delay. I can promise you that March 6th is bullshit. Okay. So, uh, lawyer Jolly, keep filing the, uh, extensions and the, and the tests so that we can come up in the, in the spring and, and maybe do a meet and greet with your business. Wouldn't that be great? We love. Now, we hope you enjoyed these stories and you can look for another best of on Friday. We'll be back with new shows starting again next week. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.